awful lot riding on this there there are people expecting it i love gold (laughs) (laughs) we can really end it right here honestly for most people that's all they wanted to hear (laughs) so with that (laughs) welcome to a special episode of fratello on air i'm mike stockton coming to you from frankfurt on my germany and I'm RJ coming to you from The Hague in the Netherlands. <laughs> Not as wearing it, gold clocks. <laughs> as is appropriate. So how are you, RJ? It's been a while since we've spoken. Yeah, it has been a long time. So no, I'm good. And how are you? Yeah, doing well. It's uh, it's hot here in uh, the high mat. And oh. I don't like that, honestly. No, it's same here. It's uh, 27 degrees Celsius and it always gets a bit of humid. Yeah. Well, I guess this weekend is going to be pretty hot, and then it gets better again. And uh, we're actually going to go somewhere even hotter. But they have something that Germany doesn't have, air conditioning. Oh, really? They don't have that in the Heimat? No, they don't. And I would uh, guess that uh, with the developments of late in Europe, they're probably not going to be uh, adding any more power-sucking devices, are they? No, true. It's uh, too costly now, huh? It is. And uh, yeah, but it's a shame, you know, because I like the summer. I enjoy it. I mean, I grew up in Florida and unfortunately here it's kind of uncomfortable. So you guys are, you guys have had some hot periods, but generally speaking, it's it's quite a bit nicer and cooler up there, isn't it? Yeah. The, um, um, the advantage that I have or we have here is that we are on the seaside. So there's always this, uh, this breeze. Breeze. And and that's kind of nice. Sometimes it also is uh, uh, gets colder quickly. Uh, but I grew up in the east part of the Netherlands, near the German border, also. Mm-hmm. so I know exactly how it is um, over there. But it's uh, much more pleasant on on this side of the Netherlands, near the seaside. Yeah, yeah. So you know, usually you're interviewing some fancy pants CEO or you know, breaking some sort of news or something on the podcast, and I get to talk to Balash and we uh, ham it up around some vintage subject or something like that. But you and I have come together today for kind of an interesting reason. And that's why I called it a special episode. And it is special, isn't it? It's very special. Yeah. So you wrote this article like, what is it now, about a month and a half ago about your journey to buy a certain watch. And this was a journey because you and I were talking about it for a long, long time. I think and years. Yeah, years. And it was like we were close. We didn't, we were close. We didn't. And uh, now you have completed that journey. And not long after I completed the journey. And uh, So we can should, stop now. Should, yeah, yeah, we can stop. <laughs> should we let the audience know what we're talking about? Of course. Go ahead. The Rolex Day Date. 
the president. The Texas Timex. The yeah. Texas Timex. Yeah. You like that one? Yeah, but <laughs> we don't have Timex here, but I, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I bought mine um, just after um, Watches and Wonders, actually. I have been looking for one uh, for a long time, and I couldn't make my mind up whether I want a 40 millimeter, a 36 millimeter, and then I decided to go 36, and then I need to make my mind up because there are a number of references, and oh, yeah. it was not always entirely clear to me what the difference are between <laughs> these references. Um, you have to... 1803, and I think there's a, there's a reference before, something yeah. with a 6, 6, 5, 11 or something. Yep. Um, then you have the 1803, then the 1803, 1838, uh, 1828, and the 1188, the day and the date correct on this watch because that's what's, what it is all about. But it's not a watch that I will wear frequently, although so far I did. Um, I was about and, to say. And then Quickset is quite uh, quite useful to, yeah. Um, yeah. to set the watch properly. Well, it, you know, you, you sort of jumped the gun here. I mean, normally as it, uh, as it goes on this show, we do a Hangelings controller, and you kind of did, but you didn't really talk about uh, – everything with your watch. You didn't identify it, you know, the dial color and, and that True. type of thing. So, so, I, I, so do you want to do that? Yeah. And in the end, I purchased the uh, 18238. That's the first double quick set that came about in 1988. Mine is from 1991. I don't have papers. I do have a box and there's a nice booklet and so on. Uh, but it's 1991 that I saw from the serial number. Mm-hmm. And uh, this reference was made, I think, until about 2000 when they introduced a new reference and i always thought even after i purchased this one that it was exactly the same watch uh, except for the bracelet but it's not the case Uh, it has a different case (laughs) (laughs) Um, it has a a polished um, uh, uh, polished surface on the top of the lux and um, the case shape is a little bit different as well and in hindsight, I am very happy with my uh, 18238 rather than the 118238 um, because I liked, I prefer the old case shape and old finishing a, a little bit better. It's a little bit more stealth. Yeah. And and I think it's also with those newer ones, um, not that, well, I guess people would polish them, but it's a little bit harder to tell uh, whether something's been polished because the cases are a little bit more, I'll use a word here, amorphous. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. sort of, they're very smooth. And I think you made a great choice. Cause I, I like you, uh, enjoy a Rolex case with sharper edges and it, it has just as just enough of that kind of old school flair. Uh, but like you said, it's got those modern features like the double quick set, right? Yeah, and it has a like a proper bracelet on there with a concealed clasp, and I think the concealed clasp has been there since the eighteen oh three anyway. But uh, yeah, it also it all feels quite solid. I think the newer one is a little bit heavier. I think it uh, the, the clasp is a little bit different. The end pieces might be a little bit different. Um, I was at a Rolex not long after I got this one, so I got this one after Watches and Wonders. I actually I saw it during Watches and Wonders on the Instagram of a friend, mm-hmm. uh, Han Da Vinci. Shout out to Han Da Vinci. 
His real name is not Hanta Finchi, of course. It's his <laughs> Instagram name. <laughs> and uh, we did a get-together um, a while ago in the Netherlands. And there I saw him with the watch. And then afterwards, he put it on sale, uh, for sale, on his Instagram account. And I saw it during uh, during Watches and Wonders. And the fun fact is, I saw it when I was at Rolex. Oh, nice. I was visiting the, the headquarters. Very and, appropriate, uh, right? And appropriate. So on the way back... Uh, in the van, Schwarze van, <laughs> I uh, I send him a message uh, that I uh, want to buy it, and uh, I did. So a week after, um, uh, I picked it up. Uh, really, ni- really nice guy. He collected day dates, and this was was his last one. I think he had like ten or something. So I also guessed that he kept the best one uh, la- for last, <laughs> and he wants to get something different. I think a Langone Sun or something. Also not a bad watch, but no. not a day date. It's not, not a day, a day date. date. <laughs> and um, so no, I was super happy with it. I had to uh, to add an extra link. What you often see is that they don't come with all the links. So they, sh- they should have 24 links, but often you see them being offered with 20, 21, 22 links. Um, so yeah, mine had 22 and um, I needed an extra one. So I called uh, Paul, our uh, watchmaker, Paul Diva, mm-hmm. and he could supply me with an extra link. And uh, yeah, there beautiful watch. Yeah. Nice. Super happy. And to answer your question, um, it has the, the gold dial or champagne dial, and it looks uh, looks very nice. So for me, this is the classic Riello gold uh, day date. Someone also, say that's the only way to go. Yeah, it's, I think it's also made famous by uh, Tony Soprano. He was wearing the exact same one. I'm uh, re-watching the series for the fifth <laughs> time or something, <laughs> and I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm halfway through it. But yeah, it's exactly the same one. So it might be 18038, but... So in my in my opinion, it's eighteen two three eight, of course, but it has that same uh, configuration, yeah. and you can ma- you can buy many different configurations, and uh, it's very attractive or addictive almost to search for nice dials that you can buy optionally and swap when you when you feel uh, feel like it. Um, oh man, I, I'm I'm not I'm not on that kick. I'm just searching and thinking about what additional watches I'd love to add, which you know, unfortunately, at these prices, you just can't do. But uh, no, it goes. It's a bit crazy. Well, perhaps we'll get back to that later. You have to tell me about your what's on your handgelenk. Oh yeah. So th- this is actually the first time I've spoken about it. Kind of. Uh, if uh, any of you have listened to Balash and I speaking, you'll note that over several episodes I was talking about a package from FedEx that had seemingly not arrived and or had seemingly gotten hung up and um, and. Well, it finally arrived, and it took uh, two weeks, and well, I got something earlier, and uh, it is a 1803 reference, so no quick set, in fact, and instead of yellow gold, I went with a white gold model, and I chose a white gold model with a black confetti dial, and this was really... For me, you know, it, it was a question of whether going with a yellow gold day date, probably with a darker dial or something like this. And honestly, it was just sort of like fate. You had bought yours and I was kind of casually looking and you kind of, well, you, you didn't do it on purpose, but you, you nudged me, let's say. And <laughs> I was checking my Instagram and lo and behold, uh, not far from where you are, Amsterdam mm-hmm. Watch Company had posted this white gold 1803 with the black confetti dial. And uh, 
Turns out that one of our newest members, Thomas von Straten, a.k.a. Thomas, Thomas from the from Streets. The oh, from the Streets, yeah. <laughs> Don't be fooled by the fruits that he eats. He's still Thomas from the Streets. So Thomas, uh, before joining Fortello, was with Amsterdam Watch Company. And I had uh, I had met him literally like a week or a couple weeks before at, at a Breitling event. So a lot of things came together, and I, I messaged him directly. And we had quite a few uh you know, video chats where he held the watch in front of me and took tons of pictures for me. And it was really a a pretty watch. It it had been, you know, polished before, but still quite thick and just serviced. And the bracelet has some stretch, of course, but it's not bad. And uh, yeah, dial is just exceptional. No, no uh, missing loom pips or anything. And I yeah, I had to wait first because they needed to send it back to the watchmaker. It was kind of stuttering around the 12 o'clock mark with the uh, sweep hand. So that took a couple of weeks. And then I had done some travel and then it left and then it got, got held up for two weeks in Belgium of all places. So Always to Belgians. Yes, has to be, right? And yeah. um, it finally arrived. And you know uh, how it is, RJ, when you receive something that you've really been waiting for, really excited about, you only get the chance once to see it for the first time. Right. And I really did like a, you know, Amsterdam watch company does quite the packing job. And then they wrap it in this like Victorian motif paper and, uh, great box and everything. And yeah, there it was staring back at me. And the good thing was when they shipped it, they had set the day and the date. Um, of course, it had stopped, but I just had to wind it forward like seven or eight days. And since then, it's been on on day and date on time. I'm guessing we're going to come up to a month with 30 days. So that's where it's going to get interesting. I'm going to have to do something for the first time. So, yeah, nice. So, and, and tell me about um, confetti dial. You mentioned confetti dial. Perhaps mm-hmm. some of the listeners don't know what it is. I also didn't know what it was until I saw the picture and it became immediately clear. Yeah, so so kind of at distance, you don't really notice uh, anything, but it's a matte black dial with white printing. But the uh, the paint apparently had a bit of a defect upon aging that there are little green and red flecks in it. So if you look under a loop or in the sun, you'll see these little green and red flecks, which are you know, the reason for the confetti name. Um, the other interesting thing on this dial, which I told you, is that um, the indexes, which are batons. So there's no uh, Roman numerals or anything on this, just loom pips, but the the indexes themselves are painted white on the top, which is really strange. It, it sort of cuts down on the, the glare, I guess. Um, but it, it, it's quite strange. And I looked up a number of references and found similarities. So <clears throat> it, it is original, but it's by far you know, one of those like weird seventies type of things. And it is a seventies model. So and do you know the production year? The exact production I think year? it's 76, 77, somewhere in there. Okay. And they stopped the 1803, I believe in 78. Uh, yeah, correct. Because then yeah. the 1803, eight came with the Sapphire. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, I just wanted, um, I'm a big fan of, acrylic crystals and I like the so-called pie pan dial and 
I do have a gold uh, GMT master with a sapphire uh, crystal, so I'm not against sapphire. But uh, you know, I, I own a few date chests, uh, kind of like you. You have a date chest with a an acrylic crystal, and yeah, yeah, it just uh, kind of jumped out at me. And and honestly, RJ, for whatever reason, and I'm, you even see this on the yellow gold, it, it's tough to find them with black dials. So, yeah, it's very tough. Um, during the same. Uh little get-together we had in the Netherlands uh, before Watches and Wonders where, where I met Han Da Vinci and saw this watch for the first time on his wrist. It was not for sale back then. There was also a guy with a yellow gold day-date with an Onyx dial. Oh, that's Super nice. nice. And in my best memory, it didn't have any hour markers or whatsoever. I think it had gold frames for the day and the date. Yes, that sounds sure. right. Yeah. But, um, and it used to be like a normal... Uh, a day date uh, with a, a champagne dial or whatever dial and this dial was uh, put in, do- in there later on ac- according to the, the owner hmm. uh, by the retailer because they, they had one of these dials uh, laying around and um, they were able to install it um, but that is also a little bit weird because I think you need different hands there needs to be some kind of change because the Thickness dial is a little difference. bit thicker yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, there was an official Rolex uh, uh, dealer who did it back in the day. So I guess they knew what they were doing. But yeah, that's a beautiful combination. Um, it, it is that yeah. um, the lapis. I'm, I'm sure you've seen. Well, there's uh, who's the who's the big seller of date date chests and day dates? Is it Momentum Dubai? Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. Which he just has some impressive stuff, and yeah. Just a lot of Stella dials. Stella dials, which, oh man, I I, I really enjoy those. I can't yep. say that I'm a huge fan of diamonds, but I uh, I do like the the color, and especially when it's paired with something like white or rose gold. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I um I have to admit that a few years ago I, I had been looking at a day date, uh, actually the same one that I have now. I think it had a white dial. It was offered for me to, for an amount that is unthinkable of today. And that mm-hmm. then back then I decided not to do it. I think it was 2018. And um, now at the Watches and Wonders, we were at Rolex to look at the novelties. And of course, they had Day Date and Platinum, both mm-hmm. in 36 and 40 with the fluted bezel. Yeah. And I tried them on both and I thought, no. It's the 36. That's the one. That's uh, that, Although I can easily handle a 40 millimeter. I'm sure. a tall guy and, and uh, my wrists are quite large. That's why I needed a, the 23rd link in the bracelet. Um, but the 36 is just the proportions are nicer. And um, I agree. Yeah, so I tried it and then also, but they didn't show it uh, at the appointment we had with Rolex uh, in, in Geneva. They also had new... Um, uh, dials for for the day dates, but what they do at the Watches and Wonders in Geneva, and also back in the day at Basel World, they only show the watches that have a completely new reference number. So if it's only a dial change, the reference doesn't change, so they don't show it. Okay, so some of these neat new combinations we don't get to see. No, yeah. So then uh, I think a few weeks after, and when I already had my my own day date, we got an invitation to to come to Rolex. So I went there with uh, with our colleagues uh, Lex and Sinara, who's uh, responsible for social media, to to do some coverage on Instagram and so on. Uh, we went there to Brussels. They have a, a subsidiary there, mm-hmm. and that had all the models that we 
actually also wanted to see with uh, so a lot of different day dates with the different dials. They had the new deep sea that it didn't show at watches and wonders at all. That mm-hmm. is a, a little bit modified. But there I saw a day date with a green dial in the oh, flash. Yeah. Super the, nice. So this is this. enamel dial. He had a bit of like a lacquered, uh, <coughs> lac- green lacquered dial. Gorgeous. So they, have, they had a green dial in, a, I think, a rose gold 40 millimeter, but it's sunburst. Mm-hmm. And now they have a, a green lacquer dial. Super nice, but it's only 40 millimeters. Mm. But then <laughs> they showed the current 36 millimeter with the polished uh, uh, tops on the lugs um, with a white dial with gold Roman numerals. And man, mm. that's beautiful. Hmm. That is really nice because the one thing that I don't like about this day date is it's very tough to read the time <laughs> because it's gold hands on a gold dial and a gold everything. Not much contrast, right? But man, I love gold. So there's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> but the, 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 there's no contrast. Um, yeah. Um, which I which I think was part of the reason I like the, uh, the the darker dials, but there's no doubt that the configuration you have is classic and it's yeah. it's gorgeous and you know there's there's a theory you know you don't need to know the time when you're wearing a watch like that you know everybody yeah. else moves around your time so yeah. so I should not even set the date or the time yeah so so you know you made that comment in 2018 you had this opportunity to buy one at a great price. And I think you and I were chatting about this, but prices on these have moved quite a bit over the last couple of years. And I yeah. think... I, I've been looking for a long time for this this day date. And a, a, a friend of mine was also looking for the, exactly the same watch. And uh, he bought one a little bit earlier than I did. But it was super tough to find one below 20K in a good condition. And with good condition, I also mean that the bracelet is still... Um, uh, Usable. Usable, because often with these older day dates, the Preston bracelet, man, it it stretches like hell. And um, it's not a bad thing per se. I think it can be fixed a little bit. Sure. Um, But yeah, I wanted one that was was good. And this was, yeah, it's a tight bracelet, looks good. It has been polished because you 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 made a remark about your own watch that it had been polished. But there I also believe uh, uh, Jasper Leivering from um, uh, Amsterdam Vintage Watches so not not the people where you bought it from, but the other Amsterdam vintage dealer. Mm-hmm. Um, he always says there's no such thing as an unpolished Rolex, mm. and it's not bad if a watch is polished, but it should not be over polished. And I think that's a little nuance that he always makes, and I, I completely agree with this guy that uh, that is the thing. It should be done nicely, and I think Rolex can do an excellent job at Rolex. And there are a couple of other companies that can do a marvelous job in polishing. And I know that mine has been polished as a Dutch um, a company, I think called Tempus, mm. very appropriate name. And they do they did a marvelous job in polishing because on their Instagram account, they show like before and after pictures is really done well. And I think that's the key point. It needs to be done well. Because often you also see day dates being offered and there you see that the, the brushed surfaces are going all over the place. They're going completely like waves and zigzag and so on. It's it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. So it's not a bad thing if, if a watch has been polished, but it needs it needs to be done properly. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, you look at the prices and certainly they've gone up, but it's amazing how, well, first off, if you find one on a strap, they're, they're significantly less expensive. Um, yeah, and so it's like almost half. Yeah. And I mean, they can be nice, but I do think that this watch demands its bracelet. And um, then to your point, you start looking at, at the ones that are at, at good prices and you find either 
true service dials. I mean, you never know when, when the dial was, uh, what's original or not, but you know, if it's, uh, if it's should be tritium and it's not, and then you find, yeah, these very, very skinny lugs sometimes, which also is not, not very good. So I'm like you, I, I look through a lot of them and I still do. I, I like to go on Chrono 24 and just see what's, you know, I, I, I filter on the most recent just to see what's uh, dropped on there. And, you know, there are a lot of ugly day dates, let's be honest. Um, yeah, you also have these, there are a lot of them are modified with uh, aftermarket diamonds or sure. aftermarket stuff. And uh, yeah, don't go there. No, no, it's... Uh, so, you know, you have to take your time, but I think, you know, they've gone up. Okay, we, we talked about it. Certainly gold hasn't gone less expensive, but I do think it's a case where if you look at us, for example, our age range, these are watches that we grew up seeing and, and they were kind of mythical, at least when I grew up. And You grew up in a different place, man. Yeah. Where I, I grew up, nobody had a day date. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew... I think I, I think my, well, I told you my uncle had an oyster quartz day date and, you know, I'd see them, I want to say at, you'd see them out at restaurants or something like that. I mean, South Florida, of course. And then we would walk by the mayor's jewelers and you'd see them in the, in the window and they were just tremendously expensive. And then I, I recall just going in there with my dad and talking to the guy and he was just asking, you know, what, what, what about a platinum day date? Not that my dad was going to buy one. And the guy's like, well, they're out there. He's like, but they are really tough to get. And, uh, yeah, it was just always kind of a watch that was on another, not on another level, you know? Yeah. No, fully agree. I remember, um, seeing the first date. It was actually from Gerard, one of our writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned him in the, I think, the previous podcast or one of the previous podcasts. Um, G2. G2, yeah. And he had the 18038 and um, I could he borrowed it to me. I was a student. <laughs> and he <laughs> borrowed it to me for like a week or so. And uh, yeah, that was actually my, my, my you felt first like the You felt encounter. like the professor, didn't you? Yeah, not a professor, so, so, not a trade. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 yeah, it felt very special. And of course, I knew about the day date also before. But as I said, I, I grew up in a different part of the Netherlands, in a small village. And uh, there were no such things as, as Rolexes and let alone day dates. Mm-hmm. I do remember, it's a bit of a side story. I had a friend in, in high school. We don't call it high school. But that's his high school when you're 12, 13. Mm-hmm. And he received for his birthday an Abel. Oh, okay. And in my best memory, it was gold and steel with this typical wave bracelet, right? Yep. And that was super special. And even when we, we had uh, sports in uh, in uh, high school, you have to, to put your watch in this, this little box that a gym teacher had. And he dropped his Abel in that box like it was nothing. And then the teacher took it out. He thought, no, this is not, not on my watch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have the responsibility <laughs> I don't for that. Be responsible for that. <laughs> So yeah, we had a there was one retailer there, and they they didn't have like big brands, but um, yeah. So the first time I really uh, got uh, got uh, my hands on a Rolex was here in uh, in The Hague, and then I remember it must have been in two thousand three or two thousand four that I went to the, one of the local Rolex dealers, Schapen Citroen, and they are still Rolex dealer in the Netherlands, and 
that I looked at the 18 or 118239. So that's basically the white gold version. Yeah. And in my best memory, that watch was around 17,000 euros at the time. <laughs> and yeah, if you look at the prices today of a new Rolex day date, I think it starts at 32,000. Correct. And the 14 millimeters are a little bit more expensive. But even those you can't get anymore today. You need to be on a wait list, whether that really exists or, exists or not. But uh, the going prices for these on the market are just crazy. And that's why I was so surprised to find an 18238 and earlier models and a, a bit later models around a 20, 25K mark in very good condition. Yep. Um, while you can't almost even buy uh, a stainless steel GMT Master for that kind of money anymore. Yeah, I mean, one. certainly from a value perspective, there's no doubt that buying a full gold watch like this makes more sense, right? It's just that, I don't know, I feel like for the last 10 years, it's not that people didn't care, but they were certainly under the radar compared to the sports models. And yep. there's no doubt about it, like putting this watch on feels pretty special. The weight, just the, and then the bracelet is just incredible, isn't it? It's it's super comfortable. I was a bit not disappointed by the weight, but um, I have a few other gold watches, and the one full gold that I have is the Speedmaster from uh, that's much heavier, right? That you have as well. Yeah, it's it's much heavier. It's two hundred and twenty five grams or something uh, with the links I have in there, and I think this watch is uh, not not half, a little bit more, but mm. it's not that much heavier than a a stainless steel a modern Speedmaster on a stainless steel bracelet. Yeah, I, I guess I compare it to – so I have a uh, uh, a black-dialed 16030 Datejust, and it's yeah, on a and Jubilee. And, yeah, and, yeah. and, yeah, that's quite a difference. It almost yeah. feels like a tinny little toy compared to yeah, this. Because that is probably around 100 grams or something, and, and this, this, is, this is definitely more than that. Yeah. 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 So I, I, oh, I like it. And like you um, – it's not come off my wrist and there's just something at least with this one being white gold, it's very under the radar and nobody really knows what the heck it is, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have that with a, with a Speedmaster that nobody, except for people who know who also are into Speedmasters, they, they, they give it a second look and thought, Oh, that's a Speedmaster. It's a gold one. But I have to say with the Rolex day date, People look at it and people comment on it. I never experienced that before. Also not with my Sea Dweller or Yachtmaster, but with the day date, I now had it for uh, several times that a complete stranger comments on the watch. <laughs> yeah, well. And, and that's that's perhaps because it's yellow gold, but it's, um, yeah, there's a bit of a strange thing. On the other hand, I think it's one of the most iconic wristwatches, that most recognizable wristwatches out there. Also for people who are, not into watches, I guess. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, it's been featured in all kinds of videos and, uh, you know, both good and bad, right? True. Yeah. Yeah. So curious, what, uh, so, so you've gone down that path. What is... Uh, what's next? Yeah, what's next? Well, when I when I bought this and I, I my, my purchase of this watch was a little bit less romantic than, than, than yours with the un unboxing and unwrapping of the special packaging. I uh, met with Han, uh, Han Da Vinci uh, in this uh, <laughs> this uh, highway restaurant hotel, Van Ooh, der Falk. Sounds yeah. a, oh, sounds a little bit dodgy. 
It's a, yeah. Um, well, they, they, they updated all these hotel chains, but Ooh. there's a lot of dodgy stuff going on there. And uh, Hey, I think I stayed there last time, by the way. Yeah, according to some sources, some of these rooms are um, rented out 2.3 times a day on average. Hmm. So there you go. Good turnover. But, yeah. <laughs> so we met in the in the lobby of the hotel and we did the exchange. Uh, he gave me the watch and looked at it. And he also just bought a Speedmaster. And uh, so we had a nice chat. And I drove home and had the watch on the wrist uh, for that was an hour drive or so. And I thought, man, I only want to buy gold watches from now on. <laughs> <laughs> and I also had that with the, with the gold Speedmaster. And of course, I bought some steel ones afterwards, like the Snoopy and the 321 and so on, and, uh, and the New Moon watch. But um, yeah, gold has something special to it. I agree. Um, there, there's, there's no deny. Um, and then I looked at yours and I thought, yeah, perhaps next I should have a white gold day date. Yeah, it's... Um it's it's kind of addictive now. So I mean, I won't I won't uh, hide it. I, I know what would be on my list next, and uh, I told Mister, you can rock that. Oh, uh, Eric Rose, my friend Rose. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, rose gold is. I have a rose gold watch, and. Um, yeah, it's 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 nice. It's uh, for my skin tone. It's also perhaps a bit a uh, bit nicer than uh, than uh, this hard yellow gold. Mm. That's why I also like the moonshine because it is a bit paler. Um, and I think white gold would do also well, but rose gold is very nice, definitely. Yeah, I think uh, so. It was Thomas who said uh, less than ten percent of production is estimated to be in these other metal forms, which mm-hmm. you know you never. Never get that confirmed, but that's the uh, that's the estimate out there. Yeah, yeah. And I think the rose is pretty neat. The there there is no apparently black dial for the eighteen oh three for that, so you'd have to go with like a rose or a linen type dial, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I saw a relatively modern day date in rose gold at the Davidoff Brothers uh, a few months ago, and I actually texted. I think Roy or Sasha, well, one of the two. And um, it was on hold or it was sold already, but that mm. was really a beautiful piece. I think that, that is a really nice tone for that watch. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it probably something that, uh, I don't know if you need to be tanned or not, but it's it's unique. I think it's, uh, I mean, it's definitely not a color that uh, I wear frequently. I think I have... Funny enough, I have like a Benrus from the 30s that's rose gold. Other than that, I don't think I own anything in that color. So yeah. it would well, be it would be different, but certainly not as under the radar as this, right? No, true, true. Yeah, it's a crazy, a crazy hobby. But guess where I was last Sunday? I saw something even crazier than watch collectors. Ooh, something um, is mightier than the sword, correct? Yeah, I was at a fountain pen trade show. It's quite a picture you, you put on. Uh... Yeah, amazing. I Man, amazing. I You have these watch trade shows uh, here in Europe. In Germany, there are a couple. And um, in the Netherlands, there's, there's only one these days, a few times a year. But the, the, the fanatism, the, 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 
the audience is like unreal. But I also have to say I'm, I'm 45 and I was one of the youngest people there. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for a specific fountain pen and I couldn't find it. So I thought, oh, let's go to the Dutch Pen Show. That was the name. And? Where, t- where tickets, ticket is six euros and it was held in a Van der Valk Hotel in Utrecht. Wow. There you go. But um, apparently to the organizer from Applebaum Pen. Um, They've got a great shop, by the way. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, I think they're they are in the Netherlands, but they also have this subsidiary in Boston, in the US. Okay. And uh, but all the pen shops were there, also from uh, from outside uh, the Netherlands, and a lot of like like you have vintage watch dealers, you also have vintage pen dealers, mm-hmm. and um, they sold like between five hundred and six hundred tickets for people to visit. Oh wow! And it was crazy. Uh, they, had, they had this congress room. Or how do you how do you call these things? That big they ball booked, room. Yeah. Big ballroom and. Um, Man, all 500 were in there, I guess. <laughs> the annoying thing is, I mean, I was looking for a specific pen and I was going through. So they have these tables. All these people have tables with all the pens, uh, all the pens there. And because pens, they don't take that much space. Man, it was a lot and much more than I ever saw on watches and watch shows, whether that was in, uh, in, in, in Frankfurt or in, uh, uh, or here in, in the Netherlands. It was amazing. Um, yeah. The picture, the picture you showed just looked like. Not a mess, but it, it looked like it would be really hard to discern model to model if they were stacked yeah, up like that. Yeah, it was crazy. I was, look, I was looking for a modern pen from Pelican. I, I mean, it, apparently, it's hard to get or hard. They don't deliver. It's a bit like Rolex, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I thought, oh, I can buy a vintage Mont Blanc or a vintage uh, Pelican just for fun. But, man, they they have hundreds of them there. And it's so difficult if you are, if you are yeah, between all the people moving slowly, uh, along these tables, it's you just don't have the, the the ease to to look at these pens and and try them or have a closer look on the on the condition and so on. So it was a bit that was a bit uh, awkward, but perhaps it's also a matter of uh, doing the homework first, like mm. with watches, and then uh, you can you can do a quicker purchase there, perhaps. So but, uh, so so yeah, that's interesting. Important. Do they but, let you? Do they let you try them? Yeah. So if you want to buy a pen there, whether it's vintage or modern, you, they they will ink them up for you. And then uh, you can give them a try, whether what the type of nip you want or whether pen size is good or not. It was very interesting. Nice. But I hope that next time they will use a bigger ballroom because at some point uh, it started to smell like uh, sweat and sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. They can do something about it. No, but it was really fun. It was really nice. And uh, so I didn't buy anything. A day later, I, I made my purchase uh, with someone who had this uh, pen uh, unused and... Um, uh, the one I wanted, so it was all fine. But yeah, it was nice to see that our people out there that are crazier or worse than us. I'm not sure which one to pick. <laughs> no, that's that's cool. I, like I said, your pictures look neat. I don't think I've ever been to a pen show. I, I almost went. Uh, I feel like it was in the U.S. somewhere. And yeah, to your point, people people are nuts. I mean, it's also um, the other one that people um uh kind of go crazy over our vintage guitars or records yeah and those oh, are the yeah, other yeah. ones that uh, i think there are a lot of watch collectors who collect records or or guitars and but the, but the strange thing is you know like the pen thing i think you enjoy seeing vintage pens but when you see hundreds or thousands of them in one room i have to say it makes it a little bit less um they lose value a bit. exactly it's yeah. less special isn't it yeah but the same goes with watches i remember that gerard had his store in the hague mm. and that he always said well 
when I when I bring out a watch for someone uh, to, to to show, uh, I do not put more than three watches on the table. Because as soon as you put more than three watches on the table or this tray that he used, it loses value. It be, it becomes somehow somewhat less valuable. Um, so when he when someone asks for another watch, he will take one off and puts one back and return to yeah. not go over that number of three. That's it's a good. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you've been in Burlington Arcade, right? And yeah. some of those, I don't know that like one Rolex shop where you can buy your birth year. It's They've got so many watches in the window that they they make a Rolex look rather unspecial, don't they? Yeah, it, and it start, also starts to be, be a little bit douchey because um, everyone is always claiming um, Rolexes are rare, you can't buy them, yada, 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 and then you see like hundreds next to each other. Yeah. So how rare is that? Yeah, not so rare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So no, so it was nice, uh, nice to see, and um, I think next week there's a watch trade show again in the Netherlands. So perhaps I will have a look. If it's not too hot uh, here, I might have a, a look to see if there's something uh, in gold that Ooh. I can buy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of with you on the on the whole uh, gold thing. I feel like uh, it's got a totally different feel. I, I always said like uh, when you put it down on the counter, you know, the links make a different noise up against the case back and gets warmer faster it's got a different feel to it yeah so very uh a very different experience and yeah we've we've uh we've definitely hit our uh our mid 40s haven't we yeah so well if if this is the midlife crisis thing then i think my wife is uh my wife is okay with that (laughs) (laughs) question would you consider buying a day date on an oyster bracelet because there are some of them are on chrono 24 and I always thought, man, a day date needs to be on a Preston bracelet. You know, it doesn't look bad on an oyster. No, I think with the smooth bezel and all, I think you you often see it that way, right? So I feel like some of the the platinum models, especially or rose gold, you would see with the smooth bezel and the oyster. And I know that's not the only combination and it looks good, but you can call me a convert now, honestly. I, I don't think I would now. No, I also can't imagine. I have my, uh, like you, my Rolexes with Oyster uh, bracelets. I think they're very good bracelets, and I am uh, I don't take this lightly, bracelets. But, mm. um, yeah, the present is uh, on a different level. And, and and I would say the same with, well, I've seen some with Jubilees as well, and also with the you know, for a period in the seventies, they did, uh, offer both clasps. And to me, the, you know, the hidden one is just a hallmark of the watch, right? Yeah. For me, that's a bit of a fake area uh, because I, I see indeed 1803s with, with concealed clasps and I see them with a normal, like well, it was an option. Clasp. It, ah. it was a, it was an upgrade actually. It was more expensive. And then of course you have, Due to the stretch and everything, you've got replacements and things out there, but it was apparently a, a more expensive option for yeah, a period, yeah. Yeah. which I don't know. To me, there is no option, but then again, I wasn't buying one back then. So, yeah. and you know what else uh, I like about the day date, but it goes for the most Rolexes out there that there's nothing on the case back. Mm. I was just looking at mine, took it off, and it's so nice to see that brushed finish. Oh, yeah. On, on the case back. Um, yeah. No text, not that it has a sapphire crystal, that it's water resistant, none of that nonsense that you can 
see in the booklet or on the on the website. Uh, just a case back. I, I think that's nice, especially when it's gold. And do you like the uh, hallmarks as well? Yeah, they're part of it. I think it belongs there. I think it's yeah, nice. It's cool, right? Yeah. And did you notice on yours, apparently I was reading the, um, so the uh, inner clasp of yours is rose gold. Yeah. I thought uh, the clasp was replaced. And, I, nope. and then I looked and I said, no, that can't be because it's one part connected to the yellow gold. Mm-hmm. And then I looked it up and looked at some pictures on Chrono and Google images and so on. And they all have it. So I thought, oh, then that's apparently a feature. Strong. It's stronger. Stronger, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the copper actually makes it stronger. So yeah. it's kind of a neat uh, thing. I, I remember that I reviewed a, uh, incorrectly called it a tuxedo dial. It was a uh, tapestry dial. Yeah. I think the same model that you have. And yeah. <clears throat> here again, I was offered that and I should have bought it. And um, yep. it, I, I remembered seeing that clasp and I thought, oh, something's wrong here, right? And no, but also the way the clasp is signed on the inside is really neat, isn't it? Yeah, no, I think it's like, uh, it's 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 done really well. It's uh, and I had my watch on when we did the the, the Rolex visit in Brussels, so I brought the the day date. Did they say anything? Yeah, they got really enthusiastic. Hmm. It was really funny. They said, "Oh, you're wearing the the 36 millimeter day date," and they wanted to see it, and uh, it was very funny that. Uh, they, they yeah, showed interest in the watch. <laughs> and I think because also they took the time. So normally in, in, during Watches and Wonders and before Basel World, it's you have an hour or half an hour. Or, you know, yeah, it's crazy, hours. right? You see all the watches. You have to do the photography. There's a little bit of chit-chat. But here they took all the time. There was a lunch. They showed all the watches in all ease. We could do pictures, some videos. I think uh, Sinara did some some uh, some videos with Lex for TikTok where we are on these days. Mm-hmm. Um so they, yeah, they really took the time, we discussed many things, and uh, you know, including the watches we were wearing, and um, yeah, it was nice. Cool. They really care. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's good to hear there's some soul there. So good. Well, these are the day dates. So I can't wait to see you with a rose gold one and yeah. uh, find myself with a white gold one. Yeah. Well, we'll have to uh, hopefully get together here in the next uh, couple months. I unfortunately can't join you uh, at the upcoming get-together in the Netherlands. I'll be yep. in another country, but the uh, we'll have to do it soon. I'll have to motor up there, and we'll have to do a day-date. Uh, Rishat. Yeah. I think Gerard also has one, and um, George occasionally writes for us. I think he also has one or had one. He actually. had one, I know, oh, because that was uh, I think yeah, white, white gold, gold as well yeah, for yeah, sale. Yeah. So yeah. okay, then he sold it. But Gerard still has his. I think he has one with a Spanish uh, day wheel, day disc. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, good. Well, RJ, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, yeah. congrats again. Thank you, and you as well. Um, can't wait to uh, to try yours uh, in the flesh, although you have to add a few links, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> to fit your hanga links. <laughs> you know. So. Thanks. Well, with that, 